0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is
1: Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We're the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being here. It's Tuesday, October 14, 10, 14, 14. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California, where it is finally fall, Julie. The temperature is not supposed to be above 90 degrees today, and that makes me so. So happy.
0: I agree, Leon. It's beautiful here in T- Dallas as well. Yeah, we had a cold front c- come through, and indeed, it's not ninety degrees here, Leanne. So- oh
1: gosh, fall is in the air, Leon. Finally, finally, it's been wicked hot here for no reason. All right, we have a full show. It's a Tuesday show, but we're actually going to do a little news because we had Julie. I know you listened to the show this weekend. We had a news free. Free show this weekend with the JV team.
0: So, if you have not had time to listen to the the JV team's Sunday show, but just just take take a moment, just step away from your work, your family, take take fifty minutes and just go somewhere somewhere light, Leanne, because you JV's you you really pulled it out. You know, you can imagine at the
1: beginning of the show. We're like, oh, we really don't have anything. We got nothing. You had nothing. But, yeah. it, was,
0: but it made That's me true, laugh yes. for the whole time, Liam.
1: Um, all right. Well, today we got something. We're going to have an update on Ebola. Uh, Julie, of course, many requests for her take on where is Kim Jong-un. She's got some thoughts on that. I just watched a remarkable interview with the woman that was wrongly incarcerated for 17 years for killing some guy. Oh, my gosh, Julie. Unbelievable. That's my worst fear, to be wrongly imprisoned. Um you know, we're just going to go for it. We're going to jump in to the Martha Gwyneth feud, best ever. And, uh, and then we have some Tuesday trends we're going to talk about today. But first of all, the reason Julie was not on the show this weekend is because she was driving cross-country, doing a little cross-country road tour.
0: How was it, Jewel? Leon, I had a wonderful time on my Heartland Tour. That's <laughs> what I'm calling it, Fall Heartland Tour. Mm. Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois. Indiana, Michigan, which we really didn't mean to go to, but we needed some gas. Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and bring it on home, New York City. All right. Can you believe this? We were driving a car cross country. My husband and I were driving. This is uh, my father-in-law. No longer drives. He had he had a used. He has a used car. It's very serviceable. Uh, it's slightly dented. It's small. So it seemed perfect for my son and daughter-in-law who live in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, you don't want you don't want a flashy car no. in the city. No, no, you're just that. Will Especially because attract- I don't think the two of those people can drive very well. <laughs> no, no, they can't. Okay, they, they've lived in New York City yep. for a long time. <laughs> They're very shaky behind the wheel. Okay, I love them very much, but uh, you know that this is a good car for them. So. So we just, we undertook this trip, but Leanne, I have to tell you, first of all, to drive in October is a great month because, you know, it's beautiful. And, you know, I, you know, you just, until you get out on that open road, you just don't have any idea how pretty the state of Nebraska is or Iowa, Yeah, gorgeous, all the farms. Oh my gosh. Indiana. I loved it there. Indiana is beautiful. Indiana is beautiful. Oh, yes. So, but the thing was, we were kind of on a deadline because we had to get the car there in a certain amount of time in order to have time to spend with our new granddaughter, Josephine, um, and also get back to Dallas. So... We just blew by, even though Jenny on our Facebook page had told me to go visit the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library in West Branch, Iowa. We just blew by it. I'm sorry. I saw it, and I so wanted to stop. Same with Ronald Reagan's birthplace in Tampico, uh, Illinois. Just couldn't stop there. Notre Dame, Purdue, Penn State, they're all right off I-80, and we really wanted to visit those, okay? But we just... We had no time. Okay, really, not please. even a quick drive through Notre Dame? It's so beautiful. I, I Leon, Leon, we were just pressing yeah. on. But yeah. the one that broke my heart, Leon, is the RV MH Hall of Fame. That's oh. right, Leon. <laughs> RV Mobile Home Hall of Fame in Elk, Elkhart, Indiana. Huh. And do you realize it's ranked second um, among the 12 attractions of Elkhart, which just surprised me. I was like, well, what is number one? <laughs> Have, I actually I'm surprised there are twelve
1: attractions in Elkhart.
0: Uh, uh, okay, see Leon, that is sort of a, that's a West Coast sort of a snob thing. There's a lot going on in the heartland, Lean, because if we had stopped, we would have gone to Linton's Enchanted Garden. It's fifty thousand square feet of indoor shopping, plus nine acres of outdoor displays. Doesn't that sound good on a road trip to stop at a place like that? Outdoor displays? I don't know. I don't know. So we just, again, just blew by, blew by. it's true
1: when you're in road trip mode. You, it's not a leisurely sightseeing trip. Having done this, you're, you're trying to get your six to
0: 700 miles a day. And I know. You we just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Ten, we had 10 to 11 hours a day, Liam. Yeah. We were just, and we were trying not to get, you know, no speeding tickets. We did not want to damage the car again because it's not our car. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were on a mission there. So, um, there's a lot to see in the heartland, but I, I it was completely enjoyable, Liam. We had such nice weather, Beautiful scenery, uh, really, really fun. So a fun trip. Managed to get the car there. (laughs) The last hour was bare knuckles as you come into – from New Jersey into New York. I mean, we ran into – detours, water main breaks, you know, we ended up taking wrong tunnels, wrong bridges, but we got the car to Brooklyn and we've turned it over to that little family. They seem very happy with it. Good. You know, that's the funny thing.
1: Even though we grew up right outside of New York, we never drove into New York. Like driving in New York City is still the most foreign thing in the world to me. Even though I drive every day in LA, seven lanes of traffic, millions of people, I don't think twice about it, but driving in New York City, whoo, you got
0: to be crazy crazy to do that. Yeah, we took one wrong turn in New Jersey. I thought, okay, this is like the like the Sopranos. We are we are not going to make it out. We're going to end up in a landfill. I don't know where we were, Liam. I so, think you were in landfill New Jersey. I think that's where you were. Uh, How's the baby, Jewel? How, how's oh, Josephine? Josephine is, she is thriving. She is magnificent. And um, it was, we had a wonderful weekend with her. She hates her car seat. Oh, okay? good. And, good for her. So you know, did my but son. But I told yeah. her, it's the law. Okay, that's what you have to tell newborn babies when <laughs> they scream in their car seat. It's the law. That's it. You just got to buckle them up and uh, and go with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, yeah. They, don't, they don't like car seats. So, right. Uh, Brooks cried
1: every day for six months. It was terrifying to put him in the car. And you told me the same thing. Like, he's safe. Nothing's hurting him. You told me that, Julie. Yes. And the one time, that's what I was saying to myself. He's safe. Nothing's hurting him. He was screaming bloody murder, and he's faced the wrong way in the back seat. You know, you can't see him when you're the driver. And when I got to the grocery store, I realized that was not true because the mobile I had bought to stimulate him (laughs) had fallen and was pretty much crushing his windpipe, so (laughs) did actually near. Kill him in the car. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> so. Good work, you mom. Work.
1: <laughs> I still remember it, and it was 18 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but
0: the question is, does he remember? It? No. But. Okay. There you go. You're free and clear. <laughs>
1: So all right well speaking of that just uh I I saw an article in Travel and Leisure magazine about America's snobbiest cities. So uh it made me think of you cuz you're driving through the heartland. There are very few heartland cities Elkhart not on the list, Julie. And for, I don't even think of America we have very many snobby cities compared to the rest of the world but um so take a guess number 1 snobbiest city in America. San
0: Francisco. I know, right? It yes. totally
1: should be San Francisco. It because is not, if, it's not it San isn't?
0: Francisco. No, no it's every time you meet people in San Francisco and they just let you know that this is the coolest place on earth and you're lucky to live, uh, to be there. Yeah, yeah it is. And if
1: you're not from there, but you're living there now, you'll never be from there. You know, right? no, right. It, it, New York city ranked as the snobbiest city. So, uh, you know, I would put New York in the top five maybe, but how about, uh, name another snobby city. Another snobby city, Um. Uh, maybe I mean, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., exactly, Julie. That is number four. But ahead of Washington, D.C. is Miami, Florida. Oh. I mean, I don't think of any city in Miami, as be, in Florida, as being snobby because there are too many people not from there. You know, right. there's not – Generate no. New York, number one, Miami, number two, then LA, which is not a snobby city. It's not snobbier than San Francisco.
0: No, San Francisco should definitely be ahead of LA. Yeah. And, and Miami, I don't understand that because everyone's in their bikinis. How yeah, can you be I,
1: snobby I, in a bikini? I, I, I don't, don't understand know. either. Okay, number okay. four is Washington, D.C. Okay. And, and you would expect Boston to be up there again. Oh, well, yes. Boston. An old city who thinks they're better than anyone, everyone else. And because uh, they have so many universities and stuff. Boston's number five. Okay, the number six was the real head scratcher, <laughs> Scratch her. because if you just had to list 40 cities in America, you wouldn't even put this on your list. Number six, Tampa, Florida. Okay, now you sound
0: like an L.A. snob when you're saying when you're this. Come soundless. on. Again, Tampa, no, okay, this must have been done by somebody who lives in Tampa, Florida. I don't, or, I or don't who understand that. <laughs> who, who, maybe she had a boyfriend in Tampa, Florida who dumped her. I no, no,
1: I, know, I, mean, I don't even understand it. Number seven is Dallas, and,
0: and for snobby cities, yeah. Oh well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but we're very friendly in Texas, so that uh, that's um, that's that's I'm not certain about that land. And then okay. San
1: Francisco doesn't show up till number eight, so okay, that just wrong. and then get number nine. I, I can't think of a least snobby city, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh no, that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this whole list. And then number 10? Yeah. Is Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> what is that? What is, what is this list? Who made this list? <laughs> I don't. It's travel and leisure. Okay, but there's no. nothing and the whole I mean Las Vegas? I don't know. Uh a whole very suspicious list Las of snobby Las Vegas cities. is
0: snobby? Have you not? Have you walked around in Las Vegas? I know. Well, people they make the, the
1: point. They make the point that real people from Las Vegas, the six of them, uh, don't ever go to the strip. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go. There's just number twenty is Orlando. I mean, I don't know. Somebody, Florida is not snobby at all. Maybe Palm Beach, but that's about it. Right. All right. That's, I just, but no, uh, no, very few cities in the Midwest. One, Chicago makes like way down in the late
0: teens, but uh, well, there you have it. Midwest is very high on my list now. I had a very enjoyable time. It, it was great, great to be there. Hey, Leigh, you know, Dallas, unfortunately, is still in the news with the really sad, sad news that came out about, um, about the nurse that contracted Ebola, yeah. which- I mean, she just, you know, the story of her, Nina Pham, she, you know, she's a girl from Fort Worth, you know, a Vietnamese family, you know, she went to TCU and then she's been working at, Pres- at Presbyterian Hospital and she just completed some special critical care certifications so that she could work with critically you know ill patients, and she helped she was part of the seventy member team that took care of of mr duncan, um, the first Ebola patient but I mean, is it's just terrible, isn't it? That- it is.
1: You feel awful for her and for her family, and you know for all the healthcare workers because this has to just scare the pants off them. You
0: know. I know because I mean, when you think back, just like even three weeks ago, you know, the you know, Ebola was never even coming to America. That was like some remote chance. And then when you know when they started to bring the doctors back from Samaritan Purse. Um, and that was like, "Well, we have the protocols. you know, we are not a third world country you know this we 're going to be able to care for these patients. This is not africa we 're not a primitive area and well, and then we had you know, um, Mr. Duncan walk into an emergency room, and I know I know the Texas hospital has really been criticized, but I mean, I think that could have happened anywhere in the country. You know, anywhere in the country, you have an emergency room that is serving a large immigrant population. That, you know, that the fact that, you know, there's a large African population that lives very close to that hospital. So I'm sure he wasn't the first African with the fever to come into the emergency right. there, you know. But then, again, the hospital was like, oh, well, don't worry. You know, we are totally capable of taking care of this patient. We have a plan. We're, we're well prepared. And then you have Nina Fahm get so sick. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and so... This morning on the local news, they were talking about this Sunday um, is the end of the sort of incubation period for the first 50 people that were, you know, uh, that had contact with um, with Mr. Duncan, who died. Mm -hmm. But now we have 70 new people that um, that were helping take care of Mr. Duncan and had contact with Nina that are now going to be watched for the next, uh, three weeks. So, you know, it's just, and her poor dog, did you see that, Liam? I that know. She has this sweet little Cavalier King Charles named Bentley, but, uh, and I guess they're, they're trying to, you know, keep that dog isolated. They don't want to put the dog down, um, and, uh, The good news is Nina has a, like a, it looks like a large group of, you know, family and friends, and they're providing a lot of support to her. They've set up a Facebook page, but, you know, what a, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just really serious and it's clear we don't have, you know, we don't have this under control, no matter what they're saying at the CDC, you know? Right. Well,
1: it's got to just send shockwaves through any healthcare worker, you know, you would just be terrified, slightly more terrified now. And I know they put themselves in harm's way every single day. Healthcare workers expose themselves to all sorts of things, but this just seems so new and so scary. But how about that doctor that flew in the, guy who had the Ebola and then was, oh, why is he a stud or what? I mean, yes, yes. No, he is a stud.
0: He's from, you mean the one that donated his blood? Yeah, right? the one that yes. donated his blood. For yes, goodness the, sakes. So that's good. So he's from Fort Worth and he donated his blood to Nina and they're hoping that, you know, that there are antibodies in the blood that will that will make a difference. Yeah, I'm but, just trying uh, to I,
1: find his name in the news for some reason yeah. I can't, but um,
0: yeah. So. Brantley, his name is Brantley. Okay, Donald yeah. Brantley. Yes. So, but uh, you know, I just, there's still I just, I have so many like lingering Questions, you know, and I and I and it's clear they don't know how what the break in protocol is, or they're certainly not telling us. And you know, I'm not, you know, I'm just what about that NBC cameraman? How did he get Ebola? They haven't really said anything about him. I know. And did you see what happened that Nancy Snyderman, who works, who is the chief medical correspondent for NBC, who is supposed to be in quarantine, and she's out picking up her takeout dinner order? See. That's not good, either, no. Leon. I mean, no. <laughs> it's just you know and i and I know she released some statement where she said she's a health professional and she knew she wasn't contagious. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I think this is how this is why people get so upset and get so panicked about things is because you have these sort of breaches and you you know you have all this unexplained things happening. And no one seems to really, you know, it's, no one seems, we do not seem to be on top of it. So.
1: Well, I hope I wouldn't go to that emergency room.
0: That's for sure. Right now that's, you wouldn't, Julia. Well, well, they've shut that down. They are not taking. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, they just announced that. They are not taking any patients into that emergency room. Okay. And this is a major hospital. Yeah. Okay. This is, and it serves, you know, it serves the North Dallas area. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big deal that they have shut down their emergency room. So, uh, yeah, no, it's very, very seriously. And so
1: yeah. well, I wish I had, didn't.
0: I know, I wish I had good news coming out right. of Dallas and I, you know, hopefully we will, you know, just that, you know, hopefully Nina will be able to recover from this and yeah, others so. are not going to be affected by it. So I don't know. So, hey, Leon, we have to move on to Kim Jong Un from North Korea. You know, the missing <laughs> yeah. dictator leader. He was been he was out of the public view for forty days. Yeah, and people really started to question, like, where is this guy? What has happened? You know, what did something happen to him? Was he sick? Did Too he much out? cheese? Yeah. Yes. I, who, <laughs> well,
1: that was? I saw an entire hour on CNN basically about his cheese-heavy
0: diet. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me, yeah. Well, cause he did spend time in Switzerland. Yeah. So he's, he's a lover of cheese, like some of yeah. the Southside sisters. Sound of Gruyere perhaps. Monica, Monica enjoys it as well. <laughs> but you know, here, as you, as you know, Leon, I actually went to North Korea. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, again, I'm not an expert. I, I just, one of the big, th- my big takeaways from North Korea is that everything I saw was fake. There. I told you, I right. felt I was in some, like in the movie, The Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Everything that was, you know, that as a tourist that we witnessed was for, uh, was set up for our benefit. We went to see their modern subway system that I'm convinced went nowhere and had fake passengers on it. I mean, that was, we saw one station You know, everyone, they don't have cars in this in North Korea. Everyone walks and they took away all, you know, everyone's bicycles because they felt it gave gave them too much freedom. Okay, so so the idea that now Kim Jong-un has he showed up and he was touring some new scientific compound with a cane. You you just cannot believe what you're seeing. Okay, that's that's, a total total. It didn't fake me out. I mean, I, I knew, Julie, I knew it was a fake. Okay, so total fake. So I do believe there probably has been some kind of coup, either led by his sister or one of those other older corrupt military guys. You oh, always, I didn't know he but,
1: had a sister.
0: Yeah, apparently he has some sister that, and she had some. She has some power base. So he was seen limping. I'm sure that they probably broke his ankles to force him into submission. Uh, And that he will be some figurehead that they'll use because the other thing you realize when you visit North Korea is the mythology of this family. It's you go there and it was the grandfather, Kim Il-sun. He is the one that is, you know, that they have, you know, he's like a god there. Everything, you know, he was the great leader. He was the one during after World War II that helped to create the, you know, the pure, nor- you know, Korea, that's North Korea. Kim Jong-il, who we all made fun of, he just, he lived his whole life on the coattails of his of his father. Mm-hmm. So I, the fact that, you know, some of those old cronies, I'm sure that they had like a, now the third generation, this loser, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> You know that they're not going to let him run the country. They're not going to put him in charge of the nuclear weapons program they have. Right. So, so, but they do need him to just, you know, in order to control the population, because the population, which is, you know, underfed and undereducated, is control is controlled. By, by propaganda. So they have this, they have this propaganda machine, you know, they have big loud speakers that come on in the morning when you're in Pyongyang. And, you know, you hear the music, you hear, you know, the glorious workers, you hear all these speeches, but they have to preserve that mythology, but they had to take him down. So I think they like broke his ankles, tortured him. So he's just, he is just a prop now. So (laughs)
1: Do you think Dennis Rodman had anything to do
0: with this? Is he involved at all? No, he's he's part of the prop too. Yeah, I mean, that was probably that was probably the bridge too far. You know, like when when Kim Jong Un started hanging out with Dennis Rodman, some of those old corrupt military guys was like, okay, that's it. Sad. I'm not We're I'm done. not putting up with. 30 years of Dennis Rodman and yeah. so I had to take him down. <laughs> Leon. So yes. So think the worst possible things. That's what's really going on in this country. Okay.
1: okay. Oh, it's cheery. So cheery. Cheery News Report. Well, I have one uplifting story from the headlines. Uh, Last Friday in a Los Angeles court, a woman named Susan Mellon, Julie, she was released from prison after being incarcerated for 17 years for a murder she did not commit. And Julie, she so did not commit this murder. When you hear the details of how she got convicted, you just can't even believe it. But she had three children, like seven, nine, and 13. She had dated a guy for a short time that then became a transient. And he was beaten to death, as it turned out, by three gang members. Okay. But the police had a corrupt informant that said it was this woman, Susan Mellon. She had a terrible public defender attorney. He had already been cited for doing a bad job for his patients. He had recently had a stroke. He was on heavy medication and slept through most of the trial. That's the true story. True story. He was like 70 years old. Uh, The police just refused to look at other witnesses. Uh, They knew that this police informant was a pathological liar. And the next thing this mother of three knows, she's in jail for life. And she believes that she is innocent. She was unable to see her kids for the first seven years that she was in jail. I know. It's just, this is my worst nightmare. I, I know it's crazy. It's, it's kind of like, I'm, obviously, I'm not probably not going to get Ebola, and I'm probably not going to get locked up for a crime I didn't commit. But when I think about being locked up for a crime I didn't commit, I go, it makes me nuts. And um, it, was a, it was a lawyer from something called uh, the Inno- Innocence Matters, not the yes. Innocence Project, Innocence Matters, a lawyer named Deirdre O'Connor, that came across her case. She was sort of researching something else, and she started to add this up, and go, this doesn't make any sense. This woman, this woman's, a, you know, the witness was a liar. She had a terrible attorney. The prosecutors were overzealous. They just wanted to get a conviction. And sure enough, they overturned her case. And I mention it because Katie Couric is now, you know, the news director over at Yahoo. Mm-hmm. So she has a great interview with this woman, Susan Mellon, who remained so positive. During her 17 years of incarcer- incarceration, you can't believe it. She she turned to God. She said she just kept believing that she would be free. She wrote "freedom" on the bottom of her sneakers. Anytime she got new shoes, she just tried to keep her head down and stay out of trouble. And she just believed all along that because she was free, she would be because she was innocent, she would be set free. So it's a it's an uplifting interview. From like just an unbelievably terrible story.
0: Was Lee, was she trying? Did she file an appeal?
1: She or... had filed appeal after appeal that were just rejected and rejected and rejected. Uh-oh. And the judge Uh-oh. said on Friday the system failed her in every possible way. You know, every from starting with the police work to the attorney to the judge at the trial to the appeals process, she just could not get a break until uh, this lawyer Deirdre O'Connor came across her case. And, and I mean, the, she had three kids and a stepdaughter. And so, um, her, her mother was raising them for a while, but then the older daughters who were like 13, 14 years older than their siblings, they stepped in to raise her kids. So wow. now she has these four great kids and a grandchild, but it was just, it's an unbelievable story, but I want you to go look at the interview because okay, she's, she's just super positive, And you just, you just think, how could you survive that without like just anger and uh, bitterness in your heart and she does not have it so there you go
0: and despair wow <laughs> yeah well I will I'll check. okay that out. I'm
1: That's gonna good. put a link at satellite sisters.com you can find it to the Katie Couric interview with her it's good it's really good and with the lawyer who's just oh. you know the lawyer's bitter and angry <laughs> you know but she said the reason she she knew that they could win this case was because Susan had this incredible attitude And then she met her kids who had the same attitude. So she said, I knew we were in good hands. It's really a good interview.
0: That's good, Leanne. Thank you. Now this is going to make this transition so hard. Okay. Because now I want to talk about something shallow. (laughs) Well, it's Tuesday. Okay, it's Tuesday. I think we had some very... Meaningful stuff we in did. the first half. Twenty-six okay, now... minutes of meaningful stuff. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now we are we are moving on to the it makes me happy for all the wrong reasons <laughs> department. <laughs> I have two great stories for you, Liam. The first one is from the New York Post. Um, I I like to pick up the Post when I'm uh, when I'm in New York because you know it's just it's so entertaining to read. And here's what's going on. Um, there's a situation now at Hermes. Now you know Hermes. So we talk. We talked about. Snobby places. Yes. Paris. Yeah. It's the French, uh, it is the French uh, uh, store that sells very fancy scarves and pocketbooks and leather items, Hermes, okay? And among their fanciest item, Leanne, is something called a Birkin bag. Have you heard of these? These yes. are these. It's a pocketbook. Right. But it costs $20,000. Yes. Okay. A $20,000 pocketbook, okay? <laughs> And you have to like wait for years to get it. You can't just like walk into Hermes with your 20 grand and buy yourself a Birkenbag. You have to get on a list, you have to wait. So it is, it's just, you know, it's the height of something. I don't know. So, anyway, the latest batch of these Birkenbags, there's been a problem with them, Leon. Oh, no. Apparently, this is, they have customers coming back to the store and they're reporting that their new 20 20 grand pocketbook well, it smells like skunks, Leanne. Oh, bag no. Smells, they have a skunk smell to them, like oh, a very funny. strong skunk smell. Okay, so you're, you've got your bag, you're going to go out to, you know, some fancy restaurant, and you smell like a skunk, okay? Because I guess they, as they make the leather for these uh, fancy bags, something happened in the curing process with the leather, and it emits it a terrible odor. So how about that? that $20,000. $20, that's fantastic. Pack, that is great. Thank you, Happy Lian, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Julie. You, thank you deserve that. You deserve to smell like a skunk <laughs> if you spend twenty grand on a pocketbook. Okay. Uh, story number one. Story number two, Lian, okay, involves... Two people. Okay. Martha Stewart. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. It's have great. you seen, have you seen the latest issue of the Martha Stewart magazine? It's the, it's the November issue for Thanksgiving, which I happen to pick up, Leanne, because it's always a keeper. It's a good one. She always has she has fantastic yeah. recipes. Yeah. And on the cover of the November issue um, are, it's a picture of pies, all kinds of different pies. And when you turn to the article on the pies The title of the article is Consciously Coupling. Yes, that's (laughs) right. Just a total mocking statement about Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, when she announced her separation, she said they were consciously uncoupling. Well, Martha Stewart, okay, she is going after Gwyneth Paltrow. She is. Why? Why? Oh, why? Why do you think? Well, because she,
1: you know, she mocked her originally for, for pretending to be a lifestyle expert. That You yes. know, Gwyneth, she said Gwyneth turned to lifestyle because she's basically can't act. Is that how Martha said it? But she said it, she knows her acting career is in trouble. But the yep. idea that she has some sort of, you know, expertise in all the lifestyle issues is a joke. So, and then Gwyneth-
0: Don't mess with Martha Stewart. Right. And,
1: and, you know, again, that is to be expected from Martha. She had held her tongue as long as she could about goop, and now she let it rip. And then Gwyneth responded basically by saying, I'm so happy that Martha noticed me, that she thinks I'm a competitor. Which, of course, made Martha go, really, you're not a competitor. I didn't- no, not no. even close. So no. this
0: is this is just really this is quite excellent. a volley. This, I mean, when you start to deconstruct this, <laughs> yeah. here is probably yeah. one of the most painful things in a person's life. Yeah, uh, getting you know, separating from the, your husband, the father of your children, and you're you know you both are high. You have high profiles, and you're trying to do it in a way that will you know protect or soften the blow for your kids and your rival. <laughs> <laughs> takes to her magazine yeah. in the biggest issue of the year, the Thanksgiving one, and takes you down and mocks your mocks your your language that you're using to soften the blow of your painful divorce to your kids. Your Ooh. rival, who's been in prison, I mean, too. <laughs> she's a
1: convicted <laughs> really, you know. Uh, has been through her own sort of sordid divorces, so yeah, again, just the hubris that is Martha Stewart. I mean, yeah. and can you imagine they must have been howling in the editorial meetings? Yeah. just loving the whole thing yes. oh, I'm definitely picking up the magazine yeah. now, yes, and, and the pie
0: recipes look look good too, <laughs> Leon, so yes, everybody will be consciously coupling this thanksgiving, take again, taking the American holiday. And just slamming Gwyneth. Okay. Well, I, I I, don't know. Do you think this will just, this will like shut Gwyneth up? Or do No, you- I
1: think it's actually good for both of them. You know, you know, Martha, everything she does is about, am I still relevant? So this for her is just kind of a PR thing. And, you know, for Gwyneth, who just hosted the president last week uh, here in Los Angeles, (laughs) creating... She did such a fine job with that, too. And so much, just a lot of haters because of the traffic. So that's in Los (laughs) Angeles. So, I mean, I have nothing against Gwyneth Paltrow. I really don't. Uh, She's trying to do what she can do. (laughs) So, um, but I think it's just kind of funny. I don't, you know... I think it's just kind of funny, this feud. I did laugh okay. that, you know, many of the Real Housewives are now going to prison themselves. I don't I don't watch any of them, but it seems yeah. like either they are going to prison or their husbands are going to prison. Yeah, right. Um, right. And right. so the one that was just convicted uh, is going to be in the same prison as Martha Stewart. So oh, that's good. That's that's good. good. Oh, that's good. And then on a side note, if you are Jennifer Lawrence, why are you dating Chris Martin? I don't understand that. And that I just, I think like, just take it at face value. You're like, like the most desirable 24 year old on the planet with a brain and a good career. Why would you date like a guy in the middle of a divorce with two kids? I don't know. That- What's the point of with that? Gwyneth and Martha? Yeah, Star- even if it yeah. doesn't matter who, what the names are, I why would you do that? I don't You're, understand. You, you had so much baggage
0: with that relationship. I know. You don't even no, I yeah. know.
1: It just isn't there. Anyone, a race car driver, an astronaut? <laughs> isn't there anyone you could be dating that doesn't some come? Prince, with, some prince, something somebody. Yeah.
0: I, a, a writer,
1: go go find some nice writer in Brooklyn, and and then make his day. I just I don't understand. Uh, anyway,
0: all right. But as show. as you can see, it does make us happy, doesn't yeah. it, Lee? for all the wrong reasons. Mm, I yummy. mean, we shouldn't be celebrating like you know a high profile cat fight. But it's a no. good one. Leanne. Yeah, it is, is a good is one because those two are like they're untouchable. Those
1: are no, they're not real people in any way. So right. I don't right. I don't. It, I don't even. It's
0: just so above the real life that it's fantastic. Okay. Well, Leon, it is Tuesday, so we're moving on to some trends. And uh, this is a headline that caught my eye, and I just, I just want you to think about this. Okay. The, the headline is: self-driving cars will change retirement. Okay. That's oh. right. The Google cars, you know, these, yeah. these the robo cars. Yeah. Okay, they're not for cool 20 year olds. Okay. You know, who's going to be driving those? Yeah. Imagine thousands, millions of 60, 70 and 80 year olds. Oh. They're going to be in these self-driving cars. Okay. That you're going to go to Florida. It's all going to be self-driving cars. <laughs> Arizona. That's it. What's that place you have in California, Sun City? Sun City. Yeah, yeah. self driving cars. And and really, when you think about it, wouldn't we? It would have been good for mom and dad, to right? Driving car because yeah. we we had like many families. You have that. We had that really rough conversation that we we made our brother Dick give, give to mom. And yeah, dad. the closer we, 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 had to send, yeah. we had to send in the closer to get the keys. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> where no more driving you yeah. have to take away the keys and that's really rough and that you know for a lot of seniors that's a rough time you know that their world just gets smaller gets more difficult and you know they they get sad about not having that flexibility but if they have a robo car okay And they're going to be testing, Google is going to be testing these robocars in Mountain View, California, which is not really a retirement community. That's part of Silicon Valley. Unless you Uh, count
1: the 20-something millionaires that have retired and lived there. Yes,
0: okay, okay. okay. (laughs) The retirees are like 27. Yeah, okay, so that's – but the other place they're going to be testing this is in Ann Arbor, Michigan which is good it's a university town people do retire to university towns to be you know because that's a good that's a good place uh you know you have all the cultural and intellectual stimulation and now you're going to have your little robo cars and they also think that they're going to sell these instead of selling them outright there's going to be a monthly fee which is good. So you don't have to make a oh, <laughs> lifetime commitment. Right. You don't have to make a lifetime commitment.
1: I hope so, they're voice activated because let's face it, if it involves pressing any buttons, that's going to be problematic too. That is,
0: I, I was thinking <laughs> uh, about the jitterbug phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that or just have. the
1: control panel is just going to be one giant control panel with only like one option. <laughs> it's just like option one, like grocery store, doctor. Home. You know, those will be the three, like country club, you know, those will be the three places you can go. Just like the
0: jitterbug. It just had the pre-programmed yeah. numbers. That's what they're going to need. But I think it's good, Leanne. I think this, with that, I think that this is, good. is a- that is a wonderful trend. I look forward to uh, I'm watching that now. I'm definitely in favor of these robo cars and I I hope that goes works well. Yeah. Okay. I'd Other, still rather get a golf cart, but um but they're not I mean in the winter In the time, winter, I, right. They're in not winter. They're not really that good. <laughs> Maybe in Pasadena you can get away with a golf cart. But you're there that's still not right because then they're still behind, steering and braking. Leon. There are I- <laughs> That's what you got Right, Good point. Even if they're only going 10 miles an hour, they can get in trouble, you know? Okay. So, okay. We we want no more steering, no more braking. Just get in the little Mm robocar. Okay, Leigh, other big trend, and I want your opinion about this. Men and beards. Okay. I saw a story in the New York Post about how facial scruff is now being accepted in the workplace. And many people going for jobs are showing up with some kind of, you know, mustache, beard, goatee combination. So do you think this is a good trend, good idea? What What's your take? You know, I think it depends on your job.
1: It seems to me, and I guess it shouldn't, but um, I'm not a huge fan of facial hair, but you know, some guys look fine in it. It is their thing. They're expressing themselves just like wearing a purple shirt is expressing yourself or whatever you want to do. So I think if it's like neatly trimmed and not sort of too showy your beard, I'm totally fine with that. Um, That being said, I don't Prefer men with facial hair. It's not mm-hmm. a thing for me. Uh, We, my husband and I, were just talking about beards the other day because he said he's never grown a beard. So why, uh, why is
0: that? He just doesn't. just yeah. He
1: just would never grow a beard. And then my 19 year old son is desperately trying to grow a beard, but he, <laughs> he has no. He is. He's not a hairy guy. He's not. Yeah. He in- inherited like my lack of body hair. Like yeah. you know, he's not hairy. So. Yeah. He he tried like he went away for three days. He's like one hair on his chin. I mean, whereas he has other friends that literally have to shave twice a day. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a trend that will not be stopped. It's like the ponytail in the early 90s. Remember that I worked in a creative business where a lot of yeah. men had ponytails. And, you know, it, it flamed out
0: pretty quickly. Yeah. So, oh, I, see, I don't trust men with facial hair. I always uh, think they're sort of hiding something. Oh, you know, that's, I do that. I, I'm a little suspicious of that, but uh, and it's not a preference. But I don't, I don't mind, mind it. I mean, you know, I don't think if I was in a hiring position that it would be a make or break situation for me. I, I suppose it's, it would be more acceptable in certain types of careers, more on the creative side, right. or you know, you know, in a university setting, my goodness, there are plenty of beards. Um, but, uh, but, you know, maybe it will be just a trend that, you know, this, you know, men will go through this, those giant things that's going on on the baseball field. Yeah, and that baseball, I can't stand. What it, is it, that? I mean, it, I guess that's manly man, but I, I don't, I don't get I do it. Yeah, I think it, it just so. makes them
1: look unathletic. I think it just makes them look not as fast. A lot of hair everywhere. Just that's not, doesn't look like <laughs> athletic to me, but. It's just me. They apparently did not ask for our opinion. So. No. Okay, so that's two thumbs down on facial hair. There you go. All right, Julie, I have one uh one bit of trend news. Um I went to the Rose Bowl flea market this weekend. It is called the world-famous Rose Bowl flea market because it is kind of world-famous. It's one of those things you see in design magazines all the time. It's huge, acres and acres of vendors from really high-end furniture to, you know, just masses and masses of blue jeans that they sell to Japanese buyers that ship them home. Literally, they're all tied up in ropes and they just buy them by the pound, the blue jeans. And, uh, you know, you can buy new stuff, weird flashlights and things like that to just really just people with booths full of crap, so it's just... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> right and you 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 have some of that lean that oh, yeah. you and your husband for many years was sort of pre-children you would go most weekends yeah. to the flea market and come home with some treasures something, something. right thing it's once a month here once a month oh, okay once a yeah month, you come and treasures. Uh,
1: yeah. once a month and um, you have to pay to get in and it can take all day and because it's los angeles you definitely always see a few um stars there you see a few soap opera people people do arrive via limo and things like that so yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's quite a people watching operation too so um so anyway i was just wandering around it was so hot this weekend we we got kind of a late start because of the sunday show usually we like to go first thing in the morning but Mm -hmm. i have some trends i've spotted okay okay. you can really tell about home decorating trends because it's hundreds and hundreds of booths and you see the same things repeated you're like oh that must be a hot trend okay i'm here to tell you what is in elephants are in elephants are in so I know Chelsea Clinton has an elephant um, nursery because she's doing Save the Elephants with the <laughs> Clinton Global Initiative, but it's beyond Chelsea Clinton's nursery. Elephants on many, many, many booths. Oh, you know, I'm
0: glad to. I have elephants from Thailand, Leanne. You know, put I put them I, out,
1: I, Julie. You're in. Yeah. Okay. That was, yeah, all right. Put them out.
0: out of storage. I'm taking out some elephants. Yeah. Very trendy. I, okay. Yeah.
1: Owls still in. Owls <laughs> were big last year as a decorative motif. They appear to still be big because there were quite a few owls for sale, very
0: of all kinds at the flea market. You know what that, Liz, Leon? I, I see, I saw this in Brooklyn as well. It is a gender neutral friendly um, animal that you're, that is very popular for nurseries. Owls. Oh. <laughs> you didn't know this, but no. yes, the owls are very, very big. You'll see a lot of prints for baby clothes, for bedding, for, you know, for accessories, for wall hangings, for various things. The owl is in. Yeah, that's what um, parents like to decorate nurseries with.
1: Hip okay. pants. Yeah. Okay. okay. The other thing that's bigger, those clusters of glass grapes. Are you familiar oh. with those? It look yes. like they're from the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. dozens and dozens of booths with at least one or two like big things of glass grapes. So if you have those somewhere in your garage, Dust them off, put them out on your mantle. You're going to be really hip this year. I think you could use them for Thanksgiving, Liam. You- I have a, already have a couple, so I'm going to yeah. dust. A, I'm going to get them out and dust them up, and put them on the Thanksgiving table. Oh yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I have some of that we put away because I thought it was a health issue, but I'm going to bring back out is fiesta ware. Seems to be making a big comeback.
0: Oh, uh, because that was when you first got married. You have a whole fiesta ware. Um, what? Uh, yeah. What so that, they, I have they old place. fiesta ware.
1: I have new fiesta ware. I have bowls and stuff, and I had sort of packed it away because I was a little tired of it. So this is very, yeah. There you go. Those are my flea market trends. If you're looking to impress the people or step up your, uh, your yard sale somewhere in America, those are what are hot. Or, or if you have a lot of glass grapes, just go ahead and send them to our P.O. box. <laughs> Liz can resell them. No, don't send them. Please don't send them to Liz.
0: Please don't send them. No, really. No, that's a bad idea. They'll just end up in the back of her car. Please don't. Yeah. Broken. Broken. Broken health hazard. Huh. So, what I got, Leanne, I have to say, for people who haven't been, please join our Facebook group. Yeah. And you can do that because there's some fabulous pictures of you from your uh, Friday night or Saturday night soiree where you were the auctioneer. Your hair looked fabulous. He you did it. a
1: great job. Joseph yes. is sort of the, um, I've never had my hair touched by the magic hands of Joseph before, but he is sort of the um, uh, the he's the top of the food chain in terms of Pasadena hairdressers. And wow. so he donated his services to three or four of us that were working on the auction, which was very, very nice. It's nice was. to get hair and makeup. So, uh, and yes, so he did a great job. And of course he said, you have a great head of hair, which I know they always say, but, uh, um... well, you
0: really do Lynn. You got, <laughs> you among the sisters. I, I do got, have a good head. You of hair. got a very good head of hair. Yes.
1: So, um, so yeah, he did. I had, I hadn't actually seen the back. So when I saw the photos, I was like, Oh, it really did look good from the back.
0: (laughs) I don't think you should try that at home, though. No. I don't think you're going to be able to achieve that. No. So just save that picture. That's what (laughs) you want to do. No. Uh, Yeah, there's always a Facebook
1: page. You can find us on Twitter at Sat Sisters. I'm also at Leanne Dolan or. At SS Liz. Liz always has some funny stuff on her Twitter. If you don't, if you don't follow Liz, definitely follow Liz. Because she has a lot of work stuff there. You can see her in action at work. Uh, and that's fun. And um, what are you doing this week, Julie? Anything? You going, driving anywhere? Going <laughs> no, in- I,
0: I, I'm i going to walk a lot this week, Liam. Because I've been in the car for, like, I don't know. So that's, that's my big plan. I, I have some walking I'm going to do. So, uh, yes, you can see I haven't really formulated my plans. Yet. I can see that. I yeah, can see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have a friend's birthday, and then uh, Colin takes the PSATs tomorrow. Okay. So, and then, um, I don't know what I have. Oh, oh I'm in doing another speech on Saturday. Yep. So, okay. <laughs> i got to work okay. on that. <laughs> i got to work on that. I'm a very busy October and November. All of a sudden, it got very busy. So, which is good. Good to be okay. busy. Um, Anyway, that is our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget...